Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Mark. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and will send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing, untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let him go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David, Hosanna in the highest. And as soon as it was morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus, and they led him him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You have said so. And the chief priests accused him of many things. And Pilate again asked him, Have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you? But Jesus made no further answer, so that Pilate was amazed. And the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole battalion, and they clothed him in a purple cloak, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they were striking his head with a reed, and spitting on him, and kneeling down in homage to him, And when they'd mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Today, we join churches across history and all over the world as we begin our annual rehearsal of the drama of Holy Week, the one-week period between Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem and his resurrection from the dead. And we start this morning with Palm Sunday, the first act of this drama, a well-known scene in which Jesus enters Jerusalem. Jesus rides in as king. Now, if you've been worshiping with us, you might have noticed that several weeks ago we already looked at the first part of today's reading from Mark 11. Uh, Because it's Palm Sunday, we're briefly looking at it again. And you might have also noticed that our Sunday-by-Sunday study of the Gospel of Mark has brought us today to the story of the crucifixion of Jesus, the second half of our reading from Mark 15. We're going to consider the meaning of Christ's death more closely on Good Friday in a few days. But as we'll see over the next few minutes, examining these two scenes together, Jesus' ride into Jerusalem and his death together yields some very important lessons about Jesus, too, in fact. And the first lesson is this, the king is different. Here's the thing. When Jesus entered Jerusalem that first Palm Sunday, he wanted to make sure everyone knew that he was a king. 
How do we know? When modern people like us read this story, we tend to think, oh, look, Jesus is taking a little pony ride. How cute. But we couldn't be more mistaken. Do you know what ancient kings typically traveled on, especially when they wanted to display their royal legitimacy? What did they ride on? Donkeys. There was almost no better symbolic way for Jesus to have declared that he was, in fact, a king. In our day and context, it would have been sort of like a person rolling down Pennsylvania Avenue in a black limousine to the tune of Hail to the Chief, flanked by agents in dark sunglasses and surrounded by cheering crowds waving American flags. And the crowd of people around Jesus did not miss the message. We're told in chapter 11, verse 8, they spread their cloaks on the road. In other words, they, give him, they gave him the, the royal carpet treatment. Others spread leafy branches, probably palm branches, hence Palm Sunday, and waved them in the air, palms being an ancient symbol of royal victory. And what came out of their mouths? words and songs from scripture that spoke of the promised king and the restoration of the kingdom of Israel's greatest king, David. As it says in verse 9, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. See, Jesus was making a statement. And the people heard him loud and clear, he is the true king. And even as he stood before Pilate at the beginning of chapter 15, he was asked directly, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, you have said so, yes. And you say, but what does it mean to describe Jesus as king? In the ancient world, a king had a few important responsibilities. First, a, a king gathers a people and establishes a kingdom. Second, a king conquers enemies and protects his people. Third, a king rules over his people and promotes their flourishing. And even as I mention those kingly responsibilities, it's worth noticing for just a moment that while we may not be looking for a literal king ourselves, who among us isn't looking for a good leader to follow? Someone who will defend and protect you in times of trouble. Someone who will give direction to your life and promote your well-being. So, who or what is it, friends, that you've been treating as the king of your life? Your material possessions, a political or industry leader, a, a family member, a romantic partner, yourself? Beloved, who's been your king lately? Jesus gives himself to us, not just as a wise teacher or an intimate friend, but as a king. But the point of the second half of our reading is that Jesus proved to be a different kind of king, one that defied every human expectation. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of a person who turned out to be different than your initial impressions of them. Maybe it was a neighbor who at first seemed cold and distant, but later turned out to be very hospitable and kind. 
or maybe it was an acquaintance you at first thought was pretty forgettable, but eventually ended up becoming your spouse. That's not my experience. I'm going to get in trouble here. Jesus turned out to be different. That's what makes this scene in verses 16 to 20 so disturbing and affecting. King Jesus is inside a palace, but it's not his own. He's surrounded by a, a battalion of soldiers, but instead of honoring him, they're making fun of him. They robe him in a purple cloak. They twist together a crown of thorns and press it into his skull. They salute him, hail king of the Jews, but striking his head, spitting on him and bowing down in mockery. You can almost hear the laughter, can't you, as they drag him off to be crucified. What kind of king is this? Jesus is the king we never expected, but the king we all desperately need. Yes, Jesus is a king who gathers his people for a kingdom, but notice who it is that he gathers, not people who sing songs of adulation and praise as he deserves, but those who offer chants of scorn and spite. He gathers from him, for around himself a, a crowd of sinners, people like you and me, because he's a king of grace, a king of love beyond merit. What kind of king is this? Yes, Jesus is a king who conquers enemies and protects his people, but his first priority wasn't to conquer his political opponents or claim his throne by military might. His aim was first to conquer our greatest enemy, sin and death. And he came not to defend himself. Even Pilate was amazed at his silence before the false charges that were brought against him. Rather, he exposed himself to harm in order to defend you and me from eternal harm. He did not sacrifice his people to protect himself like other kings, but he sacrificed himself to protect you and to serve you. So great is his love for you. He did not come as a conqueror, you see. He did come as a conqueror, rather, you see, but the road to victory was eternal loss, and the way to life was his death. What kind of king is this? Yet, yes, Jesus is a king who rules and governs with wisdom and might, but his crown would be one of thorns. His throne would be a cross. His way would be the way of love. His path would be a path of suffering. And anyone who would follow him, anyone who would be citizens of his kingdom, must die to self and suffer in love like their king. And yes, he seeks our peace and our flourishing, but don't you know, in his kingdom, strength is found in weakness. Healing is forged through forgiveness. Power is discovered finally in the renunciation of control. Weeping may tarry for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Because Jesus is a king who wore a crown of thorns, a king who ruled and reigned from a Roman cross, who saved us by refusing to save himself, who died to give us life. Is this the Jesus you've encountered? Behold your king, a different kind of king. 
And this brings us to our second lesson, briefly, and it's this. The king went in. Surely you're aware of the terrible mass shooting in Boulder, Colorado this past week. A gunman opened fire at a local grocery store, killing 10 people, 10 bearers of God's image. One of the stories of heroism that has emerged from that tragic event involved Officer Eric Talley, a 51-year-old father of seven children. The call came in about someone at the store who was armed with a rifle. Tally, who was the first officer on the scene, shouted to witnesses, where, where, as someone responds, inside, back of the store is where I lost, saw, last saw him. He immediately ran into the supermarket, headed straight toward the gu gunfire, and in his attempt to stop the suspect, Officer Tally was shot and killed. It's not hard to see in this one human being's sacrificial service a little glimpse of our king who ran towards the gunfire and into the store, as it were, giving his life to save others. Many of us, let's be honest, would have run in the opposite direction. I would have. What opportunity to love are you avoiding right now? But Jesus isn't like us, is he? When he rode in to Jerusalem that first Palm Sunday, when he went in, he knew what awaited him. He knew he would suffer and die. Jesus suffered torture, hell, and death for you and me, not by accident, but by choice, not as a victim, but as a volunteer and a victor because of love. Listen to these words of John Calvin from centuries ago. The Son of God willingly surrendered himself to die in order to reconcile the world to the Father. He did not die like one oppressed by violence, which he could not escape but because he voluntarily offered himself to die. He therefore declares that he comes to Jerusalem with the express intention of suffering death there. For while he was at liberty to withdraw and to dwell in a safe retreat till that time was come, he knowingly and willfully comes forward at the exact time. People, of the king, brothers and sisters, our king went in. He went in through the city gates, only to be falsely accused and sentenced to death. He went in to his own people, only to be rejected and betrayed and abandoned. He went in to Pilate's palace to be subject to contempt, mockery, and shame. He went in to bear injustice, to bear your exhaustion, dear Asian sisters and brothers, to bear your exhaustion because of his love. He went in to the cross 
where he bore the weight of our sin. He went into the courtroom of heaven and into the horrors of hell to suffer God's wrath in our place. He went into the tomb and on the third day he rose up in victory that depravity and disease and discrimination and decay and despair and death might be no more, no more, one day forever, no more. He went in for love's sake. He chose to go in. He went in for the world. He went in for our sake. He went in, dear friends, for me and for you. Let's pray. Jesus, who's a king like you, different than any other, and a king of love and grace, a king who went in, who chose this suffering in order to save us. We worship you. We honor you. We love you, our King. Amen.